Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Hi. 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 Hello. You keep having this perplexed look on your face. I know. It's like that last second of like, is everything okay on the volumes? I Is everything okay? And then it's like, all right, everything's okay. Ah. Because I'm always like scared that I'm going to like, it's going to be wrong noticeably wrong or something like that you know why that is right why you're not an american (laughs) okay (laughs) you are the victim of america you're right i'm a victim of perfection (laughs) okay which is not which is not america no (laughs) no that's why i was like all right (laughs) i know um you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at the real appeal to ease and real and you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Um, if you would please review us on iTunes, then we will get noticed. Or give us a review <clears> on, <throat> uh, what's it called? Podbean. You know. Any reviews. Yeah, it's I'll good. take it. Even bad ones. <laughs> please give us the bad ones. So we like to laugh. I know. We like to laugh at you people. The bad ones. We don't like to laugh at you people, but we like to laugh at people who hate listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- that's what I I hope bet. there are people hate listening. I That'd know, seriously. Fun. And I, I hope there, <laughs> if, if we would have to guess, we think there might be a reason why we have <laughs> some hate listeners. But we'll get into more details later on that. Yeah. Um, we have the news, our recent review of Judas and the Black Messiah, our variety time. Um, we have... Um, Oh, it's a question for Kelsey. A question we, for Kelsey, yeah, we, but... We got a message. Yeah, we got a message from uh, Mark's friend, Ivan. Yeah, so it's a message. It's a, it's a question for Kelsey. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and our geriatric cinematic is Malcolm X, um, which came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. And the topic? I finally thought of it. I didn't think of it last week, but I thought of it today. The Re- Revolution has a biopic. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually, I, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually really, I was really looking forward to this episode because of the Malcolm X and Judas and the Black Messiah. Like when we just finished it, I was like, oh, I want to hear Kelsey's thoughts on it. Do you like my pain? Hmm? No, 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 no. It's not that. I just like it because, like, because watching <clears throat> watching these two movies, you know, I'm, you know, it's just like, all right, I know how I feel about this, and this is like indebted in my DNA. Like all the, I'm sorry, embedded in my DNA, like mm-hmm. how I feel about um, topics that these movies cover. But I've never really asked like someone who's not a minority, what do they think about these movies and how does it make them feel? You never have? <clears throat> not really. I mean, because like it normally like movies like these is kind of brought up around like other groups, uh, other minority groups. There may be like a few white people or something like that, but I don't like have a direct contact with them or like a never had like a really thought-provoking discussion with like someone of that nature gotcha yeah well mm-hmm. well i think we should get into the news i was gonna say let's get into the news and they're like well i think we should get into the news do you want to you want to cover this one um sure mm-hmm. phoebe waller bridger Phoebe Waller-Bridge, not Phoebe Bridgers. You keep mixing up the two. (laughs) Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover are teaming up for a Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot. Mm. I don't know what to think about that. 
You you saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? I saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh-huh. I don't have a lot of experience with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm-hmm. And Donald Glover mm. is like... If if indie movies had a human baby, he would be it. If if what? If indie if an indie film could oh. have a human baby, <laughs> it would be Donald Glover. It would be Donald Glover because he could fucking do anything. That's true. And you never know. Like I get a like a weird vibe from him. Mm-hmm. Not not like a not like real negative or anything like that, but just mm. weird. Like you don't know what he's thinking, and he could be mm. like real cleaned up, or he could be like really street, or mm. he could be funny, or he could be passion like you don't fucking know mm. i think that kind of speaks into the talent of of donald glover yeah but usually that's just only on the screen mm. like it's almost like if you see him on like interviewing or mm-hmm. like at an award show or something you don't know i don't know his true personality mm. which is weird because you i can read anybody yeah i can't read him mm. so Wow, I never thought of it like that. I mean, like I like I, my my whole thing of Donald Glover is like I love I love whatever he does. Like, oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah, and I know I know you feel the same way. I've never really thought. I mean, I I honestly, he seems like he's a, is like a really chill person, like around his friends or something like that. I think like what he like gives off in, in a public eye is like that. He he's controlling his narrative. He's like, this is what I want people to think about me. Mm-hmm. Like in this sense, like a lot of people didn't know that. Uh, he was married and already has like two kids. Yeah. And it was just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, all that shit. Um, so what's, what's going on with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover? You said uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot, right? Yeah. Um, I guess it's a franchise. But it's going to be on Amazon Video. <laughs> yeah. There, and it's going to be a TV series. Yeah, there, there's been several like... Uh, iterations. Iterations of, of this, of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, okay. Well... Um, I guess Donald Glover has posted a video to his Instagram mm-hmm. um, this past Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows him like dancing and like making sultry looks, I guess. Um, with like, I guess at the. Um, at the camera? No, well, at like Phoebe Waller Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I guess they were playing um, a song, Put Your Head on My Shoulders yeah shoulder yeah yeah it's like some uh it's like some uh what's it called challenge it's i forgot what's the name of the challenge it's called like the black light challenge or something like that Mm -hmm. or the no it's called the red light challenge i think that's the name where like uh a person like plays this song and then when like it hits like a certain beat it like it does a, a smash cut to like uh, red lighting mm-hmm. and the same person but all you see is like the black silhouette of them mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be like naked oh yeah and that's the, that's what she was doing because I've, se- I've seen like a bunch of these videos like on twitter and stuff like that and some some i i, I mean this goes off topic but i saw an article that uh was like stop doing this challenge if you're naked because people are taking your videos and just raising the contrast and seeing what you look like naked <laughs> Um, yeah. So I guess it kind of, it does look like that, mm. that challenge or whatever, but, um, then there's a title card, mm. um, and it, it announces Mr. and Mrs. Smith, mm. um, and Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, being in it. So 
Um, I guess they've actually collaborated before, like with music. No, they've collaborated with. Uh, oh, not with music. Um, on so- solo. On yeah. solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I guess they're going to be executive producers with Sloan. Yeah, as uh, the showrunner. Yeah, the uh, co-creator of Fargo. Um, what was the name? Oh, I just lost it too. Uh, it's like Francis Sloan or something like that. Uh, uh, Francis, uh, Francisca. Yeah, Francisca Sloan. Yeah, who did work on Fargo and Seven Seconds. Or Francesca, I think. Francesca, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like. A lot of people are speculating that it's 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 just going to be them, like husband and wife. Mm. Um, I wouldn't put that far off as a possibility. Mm. Um, I mean, because you got, if you think about it, if it's going to be like a married couple, you got to kind of have it like reflect the current times and stuff like that. It's it's not uncommon for white person, black person to be married or something like that. But, you know, just to make it more relatable. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. Like I said, anything Donald Glover shows up, I'm like, when, where and how can I digest this? Yeah. <clears throat> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, this story keeps... Every time I look at it, I just kind of chuckle a little bit. Um, First of all, they need to correct this title. Uh, The Mandalorian star, which she's not, Gina Carana fired amid uh, social media controversy. Um, This has been making the rounds online since this happened. What was it like? Almost a week ago, honestly. I I think it was like this past Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. Mm. So... What happens is that Gina Carana is not set to return uh, in The Mandalorian because Disney decided not to work with her. Um, she had posted a uh, a photo. Uh, it was implying that being a Republican today is like being Jewish during the Holocaust. Um, this is not the first time Gina Carana has done something like this. She's posted like transphobic comments or transphobic uh, material on her Twitter. Um, the Nazi... Uh, comparison or the Nazi kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word when you're like, you like offhand, not offhandedly, but you say like it's like it's not a problem or some shit. Um, I don't know. Oh. Um, casually, there you go. Like she just casually says something like racist or Nazi or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Homophobic as well. Um, so Star, the Lucasfilm had released a statement saying Gina Corona is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the in the future. Uh, nevertheless, her social media posts uh, denigrating uh, people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and aberrant, aberrant thank you, and unacceptable. Um, this also caused, <laughs> caused Gina, Carina, Gina Carana to be dropped uh, by UTA, the agency. Um, it's, like I said, this is not the first time. This is, I think this might have been like the fourth or fifth time she did some shit like this mm-hmm. while working under Lucasfilm. Yeah. And I know and, that... And even Pedro Pascal sat her down and said, look. Yeah, when it came to like her transformic comments, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, this came up again. Uh, there was a hashtag running on Wednesday. It said, fire Gina Carana. Um, okay, for the folks who are listening, who are hate listening and taking her side, the fact that she deleted this post... Let's it be known that she knew that she fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what had happened was that. Oh, also, yeah, she had also started saying some stuff about like the election was a fraud and all that kind of shit as well. Mm-hmm. 
like yo like she's a trump supporter <laughs> yeah um so the rumor is that um there was a source in lucasfilm that said that they have been looking for reasons to fire her for two months and today was the final straw um there was also a source saying that lucasfilm had planned to unveil a corona sorry reveal corona as a star of her own disney plus series during december's investors day um but those plans were scrapped back and back uh, as far back as november because of some shit she posted around that time um and i don't know if i don't know if it's you who told me or someone else but someone had said like john favreau had like kind of been like not like defending her, but just like just give her another shot. Just give her another I shot. I didn't say that. Yeah, somebody had told me that like they heard that like John Favreau had just been saying like just like just give her another shot, like mm-hmm. apo- being apologetic for her. And I guess this was it. Like D- Disney was just like our Lucasfilm was just like we're not doing this shit anymore. Yeah, like you need to stop it. And I understand that people can slip up. Um, this is not a question of freedom of speech. This is this is more of. This is what happened when you are uh, accountable for your actions. Yeah, like just because you have freedom of speech does not mean you get to be a shitty human being without mm. without consequence, without anything, mm. you know, holding you back. Like, yeah. you need to try to be a better person. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and acknowledge that, like, we are in a time where you say, you if you have your thoughts public out there, social media or or on video or something like mm-hmm. that it's gonna get found out and it's just like yo if you want if you can honestly like if it came out that um let me think let me think let me think like oscar isaac right mm-hmm. let's say if oscar isaac was like a nazi super uh, sympathizer let's mm-hmm. just say it just came out that it was that right of course mm-hmm. i'd be like okay yeah you gotta fire that dude mm-hmm. but he doesn't come off with somebody who would just be saying that out loud like yeah. if you're gonna have your if you're gonna have your opinions, keep them to yourself or keep them in Cole's quarters where they won't affect your fucking job. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that people are defending her because they're like, "Oh, what she said mm. was based on facts." Okay, half of it was factual. Mm-hmm. The other half of it was the opinion that Republicans are like Jews in the Holocaust. Exactly. So Which? no one's debating about her factualness. Mm-hmm. It's no, you don't have. It's like saying you know black people are taking over the country, like black supremacy. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't exist. <laughs> so this also caused uh, Hasbro, that was working on a Cara Car- Dune character, uh, to be canceled. Um, Hasbro uh, posted a statement. Uh, oh no! Let's see the world. Let me see. It was a Star Wars action figure site. It was a well-respected one called uh, Yak Face Forums. Reported in the light of the recent events surrounding the character of Cara Dune, we've received word that the planned reissue of her six-inch Black Series and Vintage Collection figures have been canceled. Hasbro still intends to release the retro collection version as planned. Um, I think I remember hearing that like her Lego version got dropped as well. Yeah. With that funny meme. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, of course, this are people already like speculating, like who they're going to get to replace the character. First of all, the character don't need to come back. No, it didn't really lend anything. Yeah, like people just liked seeing her before they knew what 
trash she was yeah i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie she i i had a thing for her i thought she was very attractive i've i've had a crush on uh gina carano for like years when she was like in mma mm-hmm. um and but i'm not i'm not gonna deny that her acting is is fucking stiff as shit yeah um it's not it's not that well put together and her character, I mean, her. If, if you want to say like bring her back, there's really no reason to bring her back because they they did a character arc with her pretty well. Mm-hmm. They don't need to bring her back at all. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't stop fans from speculating or guessing or trying to say who they should who should replace her. Uh, Sonia Deville, uh, a WWE superstar. They fans want her to replace uh, Gina Carano as Cara Dune. Um. There is who else? Lucy Lawless. I've heard Lucy Lawless's name being thrown around, but I think that'd be cool. I yeah. like Lucy Lawless. She's wonderful. I know. I threw uh, Cara Delevingne's name in the in the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The actress. Um, Screen Rant did this really interesting article of of that they don't need to bring a replacement for Gina Carano. Just have Bill Burr's character come back and just have that be like the comic relief, which is uh, Bill Burr's character. Uh, Mafeld was he it was like i love bill burr like he's funny as fuck sometimes some of the shit he says is like oh damn like shit but it's it's all for comedy like he's not mm-hmm. saying shit out there like oh i think you know kids should be loved me he's not saying shit like that you mm-hmm. know um but his character had a really good arc in season two and it'd be cool to like continue seeing his arc like develop in season three yeah um I saw an article that somebody was like, hey, yo, let's get Don Cheeto. <laughs> let's bring Don Cheeto in. Why not? I'd like to see, you know what? I'd like to see him. Don Cheeto? Yeah. I know he's what what you would say probably a thespian actor. Mm-hmm. He's good in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, I don't think it really showcases his acting abilities. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see him in Star Wars because I think there he might have some chance to be a more serious actor. Yeah. Not like, you know, the straight man to fucking. Oh, Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta, I've i never showed you like Don, Ch- Don Cheeto's other stuff. His other stuff was like really great. Like Hotel Rwanda. Uh, even Trader's pretty good. He's great in Devil in the Blue Dress. Um, He's a really great actor. I wouldn't mind seeing him in this movie. My only could play it'd be kind of a sausage fest because we've already got Pedro Pascal, we got Call Weathers, we got um it'd be Don Cheeto, we just got like Ming Nan Wen. Yeah. Like I kinda of felt like they need to put like another female uh they need to put another actress there. And it yeah. doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be uh Carl Dune. Car, sorry, Carl Dune. It could just be another brand new fucking just, character. You know. Put Don Cheadle in a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's kind of done, doing. Um, however, you know, Gina. <laughs> I just think this is so funny. However, Gina Carano, um, you know, Carano. To, sorry, Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. To let everybody know that she's decided to double down. Uh, she's deciding to work with fucking Ben Shapiro. Uh, of the daily wire of the daily wire ben ben shapiro is that little cockroach that you just keep like missing you're just like god damn it you know um so uh ben shapiro tweeted this past friday uh hollywood canceled gina carano for being conservative that's not it 
Uh, and first of all, we need to stop the whole cancel thing. She's not fucking canceled. Like, she got fired. That simple. Yeah. She's obviously going to get more she work. She still has her Twitter. Mm. She still has, you know, social media. She still has her followers. Uh, Parlor's up and running again. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, Parlor's So, good, you good know, she could go over there. Mm. Um, so, continuing what he said, he goes, that's bullshit. So, we're fighting back. Shapiro, <laughs> like I said, Shapiro tweeted on Friday. He also decided to tweet an ad for saving 25% off of his... his <laughs> A promo code for a membership for the Daily Wire. I'm not gonna give you that fucking code because fuck you, Ben Shapiro. Join the cultural resistance. Yeah, join the cultural resistance. What culture? I'm sorry, what culture? <sighs> yeah. Um, so Corano did. Uh, she did respond to what happened. She told Deadline, um, "The Daily Wire is helping me. It's helping. Sorry, it's helping make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come uh, come true." All right. I'll just say this right now. If you got the money, you can produce your own film. It's there is there are methods to getting it done. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen people who have produced their own film for like $20,000. Does not mean Oh, I'm sorry. $20,000 to like high price dollar amount. Yeah, and what's the most famous example of recent times? Assassin 3380? No. <laughs> The room. The room. Oh, let's say the room, for example. Let's say for the room example, right? All that passion given into that movie, right? Mm-hmm. All this money given into it. Guess what? It's hot garbage. Just because you It's got, a joke. It's a fucking joke. Um, and I don't think that hers wouldn't be that funny. It's going to be de- like. It's going to be stiff, too. What's, um, what's his name? The, the, the My Pillow guy. I don't know his fucking name. The My Pillow guy produced a film for. I think for the Daily Wire. No, for Next Newsmax. There you go. For the for the channel Newsmax. And it's like three and a half hours of him just talking, saying how there's an election fraud, right? China's to blame. This, this, that, and everything. That's a movie. <laughs> um, so she goes on to say, I cried out and my prayer was answered to get fired from Disney and work for an alt-right group cool uh, i'm sending out a direct message to hope of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the tol- 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 i was at totalitarian i almost had it what's the word totalitarian totalitarian thank you mob i have only just begun using my voice which is now freer than ever before and i hope it inspires others to do the same so say racist shit. Okay, gotcha. They can't cancel us if we don't let them. So basically, I want my entitlement to allow me to say the worst fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, insensitive shit against any kind of people in the world that I want to say without anyone telling me I'm wrong and that I'm a bitch. Pretty much. Um, this, I mean, despite what happened... This was a great time for Kelsey and myself. Um, I posted this very funny picture on our IG page. Just type, just go up the real appeal. And it's a uh, meme of of the Emperor from Star Wars saying, oh, because they, they there was, there was a, t- a hashtag running called Cancel Disney Plus. <laughs> and I posted a picture saying pretty much Disney will be just fine without your subscription. Yeah. You, you take care now. And holy fuck that so many people came attacking us. Mm. 
Sorry, I had a burp. If you, if anybody who uh, is kind of coming back and checking our shit and everything and like listening to this, uh, I want to say thank you because you helped us get a lot noticeable. I really appreciate it. The more you you hate post, Mm -hmm. the more we get noticed. Exactly. Like we were like someone had said, uh, I don't know why this stupid page was recommended to me. I'm like, Fuck, I don't know either. But thanks for no- thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, and of course, like everybody had something to say. And if you want to honestly hear what we thought about why we were why all this was happening, just 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 imagine we were just laughing at everybody. We're just laughing at all of you. All of you who said, but cancel my Disney Plus. No, you're fucking not. You're not going to cancel it. Or like that one person who was like, yeah, it's fine because I canceled my Disney Plus, but I'm illegally watching it. Yeah, let's admit that out in public. <laughs> That's what I saw. I was like, I tagged Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Disney Plus, here's a confession for you I know. in case you wish to prosecute. You're yeah. welcome. And, y- and y'all have to realize that uh, like torrenting laws and stuff like that, they've gone, they've gone a lot harsher. Mm-hmm. Like since the Trump administration, they've got a lot fucking harsher. I don't. I rarely even. Sorry, I don't even do it. <laughs> um. So <laughs> this, I mean, like I said, this, this is a this is. I, I was listening to the Nerd Apocalypse, and the and Micah and Jay were talking about this, and Micah had said, no, Jay had said, no, Micah had said, um. Uh, Jenna Carano is stupid. Like, she's dumb. And then Jay said, no, no, no. She just didn't care. And he goes, no, she's dumb because dumb people don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Which it makes complete sense. It's like, like, I, it's, let me get on my, let me get on my soapbox. You work for Star Wars, Lucasfilm, one of the highest, like, form of, like, nerdum in the world. Easily recognizable, like, like, uh, Batman, Superman, shit like that. Spider-Man, Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Recognizable across the planet. Mm-hmm. Go to any country, you go vroom, 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 like a like you make it the sound of a lightsaber. People are like, "Oh, Star Wars." Mm-hmm. You are part of that. You, there are so many people who have joined Star Wars or who joined Marvel, whatever, and they make these buku bucks or they make like a nice dollar amount and they get the recognition and then they do whatever the fuck they want, like independent films, directing. They do whatever the fuck they want because now they got their foot into like the Hollywood industry. They mm-hmm. know that um, Hollywood knows that these people are bankable. Yeah. Gina Carano could have done that if she wanted to have a voice and a platform, the, the highest platform to say what she wanted to say. She could have if she really was smart, she could have shut the fuck up, got to this level and then done her work behind the scenes. Yeah. She could have. I don't know shot more money into the daily wire or whatever fucking alt-right bullshit she's following now she Mm -hmm. could have used her money to bring parlor back if she just let us sit let us do and then gather all that money and then took the fuck off but no she wants to say what she wants to say now and guess what that's what it is now i i i like what 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 are we gonna see here right now like she was she like i said she wasn't that good of an actress anyway nope you know, UTA dropped her. I doubt any other like big agencies is gonna want to pick her up. Nope. So it's like, all right, you go ahead and produce your shitty ass movie. Yep. <sighs> what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own rant. So. Oh, you. Oh, you gotta wait. For, yeah, you gotta fire that off later. Um, one more thing I want to say before we get off this Gina Carano, Carano story. 
people were saying cancel Disney Plus. Now there's a petition going around that say rehire Gina Carano. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, there's only like twenty five thousand people who signed on to it. Oh, I think it was like oh, no, it's like it was like twenty thousand at the time I read that. This is like a few hours ago. It might have picked up, but Disney's gonna look at that and do the same thing we did. Just laugh at it. Yeah. Just be like, no, that's cool. We got other people in mind. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised. Um, I would not be surprised in about a month's time. Maybe I'll say two months. I'll give two months that we get news of a new person, they're a new actor or actress they've hired to take up that spot. I would not be surprised. I'm I'm pretty, and I wouldn't be surprised if the after like let's say like the second or third time she did something like this, mm-hmm. Lucasfilm was like, all right, we need to start we need to start looking around to see who can hire just in case it gets worse. Yeah. And any any person they got, they're gonna be like, thank you, Gina Carano. Yep. For giving me my career. Appreciate exactly. it. So you, you enjoy yourself with uh, the Daily, daily. what's it called? Daily Wire. The Daily Wire. Daily yeah. Wire. With and also hmm? dry humor. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ben Shapiro, if you're listening, I know you are. Uh, she's not going to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she probably is dry. So. Oh, damn. Kelsey said it, not me. All right. What do we got next? <laughs> uh, we have our recent review of Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. Looking at 18 months for the stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I will these ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. The synopsis is the story of Fred Hampton, chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, and his fateful betrayal by FBI informant William O'Neill. Directed and written by Shaka King, also written by Will Burson. It stars Daniel... And Shaka King, right? Oh, he's... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> Um, it stars Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lucky Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and Dominique Fishback. Kelsey, mm. <clears throat> what did you think of this movie? I thought it was a good film. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to get into my opinion because I'm afraid I'm going to spoil something. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's just focus like, on. Like objectively, it's a good film. Mm. Um, it was directed well. Mm. I had a problem with how Daniel Kaluuya speak, speaks. Like in yeah, the film, yeah. I have a hard time understanding him. And even when they do a flashback mm. towards the end of Fred Hampton, mm. I understood him. So mm. I don't understand what this weird the thing that, da- like, that Daniel Kaluuya- dialect or whatever it is that he's yeah. doing is not true to who Fred Hampton was. I guess. Yeah, I mean there was. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on there, too. It doesn't take me too much away from the movie. 
um, it is something that is bothersome um, because there's a there was a lot of times I was with you. I was just like, wait, what did he just fucking say? And I don't know if it's 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 like a mixture of like uh, him speaking a little too fast, and then some of like the volume, like the the volume was kind of off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It might have been like the soundbar. But also, he doesn't finish his words, so yeah. it's like you speak fast and you don't finish your words and you're not speaking up. So for me, it was like watching a movie where half of it should have had subtitles and didn't. Mm. Yeah, we probably should have put those on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we probably could, we probably could have put it on the caption. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, other than Daniel, sorry, Daniel Kaluuya, I really like Lakeith Stanfield in this film. Um, um, I like, mm-hmm. I like him. I don't like his character. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bill. Yeah, fuck Bill O'Neill. But yeah, this him. He was great. great. Like, great. Okay, so the first time I ever saw Lakeith Stanfield was in that movie. I'm sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. That was no, him, right? No, no. You saw him in. No, the first time you saw him was Get Out. Okay, the first time I recognized him was after that, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And now he was in that movie, though, right? Sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the main lead. Yeah. Okay, that's the first time he was the main lead in something, mm-hmm. and like I was in that movie, I was having a hard time with him because I really liked the film, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was hard for me to understand what he was feeling because I didn't feel like he was emoting in a way that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I still knew I kind of felt like he he had like acting chops. I just couldn't understand him in that role. Yeah, because like his 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 type of acting is a bit different than what you normally see. Um, I believe you said something about like you said something like something about his eyes like don't match with what he's with his face. Yeah, yeah. Like with what he's feeling, not that he looks weird. I'm not mm. saying that. I'm saying like his eyes are never telling the same story that the rest of his face is yeah, telling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and it's not like it's a bad thing, but like. It's disconcerting to me because mm. it's like he always looks like he wants to cry. And not in okay. a bitch kind of way, but in a like... Conflicted kind of way? Yeah, like he has yeah. like inner demons or some shit that are trying to come out all I, the time. I think, and I think that's, I think that's perfect for this role. Yeah. Um, because you got to sense that like the Bill O'Neill character is super fucking conflicted on what he's doing. Even like a certain part near the end of the movie where you're like... Yo, this dude's about to break down and just start crying. Yeah, and um, I don't remember where I heard this. Someone had it was like an interview with an actor who was talking about like another actor that about like the the how to do like your best performance and how to get a reaction out of I think it was Stephen Tobolowsky. Um, how to get a how to get like an, uh, a reaction out of your audience, like a very emotional, heart wrenching action, is not to cry in front of them, but to struggle not to cry. Yeah, and that's what you like get with this character a lot, like the inner conflict of like he's with the FBI, he's with the Black Panther, he doesn't want to do this to the Black Panther to his people, but he's like stuck in a bind because if he does it, he's gonna go to jail for like fifteen years or some shit like that. Yeah. Um. And then also you get a sense like his character doesn't like where he's at just because mm. he is a black man. He kind of sees the injustice, but mm. kind of what he was doing before he ended up with the Black Panthers, he yeah. really wasn't like caring that much. Yeah, I read that like he was no saint to begin with, that he actually used to like torture people. 
Yeah. Because he had like he was like a career criminal and all that kind of shit. What did you think of uh, Dominique Fishback? That's the one who played uh, Deborah Johnson, Fred Hampton's uh, wife. Anyone could have played that role. I didn't really care for her. I I don't I I I don't agree with that. I I really liked her performance. Um, like there are certain times where, um, it's one thing I have to really give this film credit for. It's like the chemistry between her and Daniel Kaluuya. Like like when he was when he was being Fred Hampton and he was like in front of the people like doing these like thought provoking speeches and being like you know we got to come together and you know fight the pigs and everything like that and then she would step in it would like tone him down or would like calm him the fuck down where he could kind of like evaluate what he's saying or what he's doing and stuff like that um i didn't get any of that i I got that i I think maybe you felt it more on like a cultural level or like i don't know maybe it was speaking something different to you because honestly i just felt like she was in it for the cause but she wasn't like with him Mm. like she got upset when he was saying about him being um his life he would live and Mm. die for the people and she was upset like Mm. i don't know she was in um she was in that movie like the hate you give she Mm. played kenya um the lead's uh friend i I don't like her the lead or the or the actress the dominic fishback dominic fishback oh okay dominique dominique thank you she's very plain jane to me I i didn't get that sense at all like, I don't feel, I feel there's, like, nothing special about her mm. at all. I just don't see it. I don't feel it. Mm. It's just not there for me. Okay. So, what do you think about the uh, the directing? The directing was great. Mm. Um, I think every time they wanted to give you an emotional punch, like, there were times where you told me that the story didn't exactly go the way that it was being shown, and I kind of got a sense that they were holding back because mm. they don't, want to traumatize people yeah <laughs> um so but they did a, a good enough job to bring some of that truth to mm. what happened so like even if it didn't exactly play out that way mm-hmm. they want you to feel it but not like kill yourself <laughs> yeah yeah there was there was one there's one thing i noticed um in this movie i thought was really great um there are parts there are parts where fred hampton is doing his his speeches and um, uh, Shaka King is doing this thing where, like, the camera is on him. Mm-hmm. And Fred Hampton would, like, step forward. And the camera had to, like, follow him again. Mm-hmm. And then he stepped back and he would do that again. Like, he was kind of, like, kind of coming out of frame. Um, and some of the speeches that I saw with Fred Hampton was the exact same way. Oh, where, okay. like, the camera would follow him and had to follow him because he was a very, like... Anim- yeah, he's very animated he was very like passionate he would grab that mic and just like go to town on that shit and everything mm-hmm. um there's one part i thought was it was you can tell like they really did the research and i thought it was funny how they pointed that out that uh like how you said like fred hampton he doesn't like finish his words mm. and even like during his speeches he kind of like goes and then he'll kind of just keep going and going and going without finishing what he had just said mm-hmm. and there's that scene where um not uh, where Dominique Fishback as uh, Deborah is like talking to Fred Hampton. And it's like, she's like, t- like, crit- I mean, it's not a spoiler at all, but she's like critiquing the way he, how he does the speeches. And he's like, Oh, like almost offended by it. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, no, no, no. Like there's passion there, but you can tell like it needs fixing. 
And that's yeah. how speeches were. And I just think that's how they like they comment on it. Like, oh, yeah, they acknowledge his speeches were like kind of wild. Yeah. Um, what, so, yeah, the directing, I, I, I really enjoy the directing. Um, there were they like I, I like the fact that they really they really didn't shy away from the fact that like the FBI was involved with this assassination. There was like no like oh there could, uh, there might be a conspiracy we don't know if it's true and stuff like that. No, they were just like no like they conspired to kill him and here is why. Mm-hmm. You know they covered this and they covered that and stuff like that. And I thought it was I thought it, I thought that uh, like you said like they were kind of holding back, but when it came to like that information area, they weren't holding back at all. They're like no fuck it, we got to tell the shit out. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. Um. You seem kind of bothered about my assessment of uh, Dominique Fishback. No, no, no. Like you said, you you didn't you didn't really feel it the same way as I did. I mean, we don't have to have the same opinions. Otherwise, just be like a boring ass show, you know. She's no Angela Bassett, okay? <sighs> no one's an Angela Bassett. Damn. <laughs> Angela Bassett's not even Angela Bassett. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Um, damn, I forgot Angela Bassett was in Malcolm X for a second too. Um, but we'll get, on, get into that later. Um, okay, so do you want to hop into the uh, spoiler section? Yeah. Uh, okay, folks. So if you have not seen Judas and the Black Messiah, we're going to get a little spoiler warning for you in a second. Uh, for those who have seen it, we're going to get into the spoiler section. We're going to go in greater detail of you know our thoughts on on the film and such like that also i mean it's kind of like history well granted kelsey like kelsey didn't know the history of this yeah so it's not, like I, I don't know any history like at all yeah i'm i'm sorry <laughs> don't don't say you don't know any history you know history just not that history i'm in any history at all of like black people i know that they yeah. struggled yeah and i feel that pain mm. but i don't I just I don't know I don't I didn't even know who Malcolm X was. So. Yeah, well, you know that's that's why I'm here to just kind of be like, hey, go look at that. That's you should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so um, so for those who don't wish to be spoiled and just want to skip on ahead, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. I'm going to give Kelsey the mic in a second. I just want to point out that um, every time we record and we play the spoiler bumper sound, we do like a little dance. It just, we just can't help it. And Kelsey does like the funniest dance. She didn't dance this time. No. And my mouth was agape. <laughs> so Kelsey, please, like, go ahead. Okay, so this film is... Definitely about Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot more history than what they showed. Um, yeah. But it mostly follows um, Bill O'Neill and how mm-hmm. he kind of infiltrated the Black Panthers, how mm-hmm. he was like a car thief before. And mm-hmm. he stole from black people, yeah. first of all. Yeah. That's like bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then he joins the black panthers and he's giving up all this information about them to the fbi yeah like layouts uh safe combinations and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, and I don't know how true it is, but uh, Lakeith Stanfield's performance of him kind of mm. gives you the idea that Bill O'Neill felt some kind of remorse mm. for what he was doing. And he knew what he was doing and mm. that he was just breaking down black people. That's, I guess that's one contradiction that I didn't really like mm. is that Lakeith Stanfield was great and I love his character, but when they play the clip at the end of Bill O'Neill in like the one and only yeah, interview P- he yeah, ever did on PBS that's called like eye on the prize two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I want to find that interview. I so want to fucking find that yeah. interview now, but sorry, go on. He was not remorseful in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, um, okay. So I, 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 I'm aware of Fred Hampton, you know, I, I remember hearing about his contributions to the Black Panther Party and everything like that, and that um, it was more like a passing knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. I was more kind of interested into, uh, what's his name? Um, was it George Seal? I'm blanking him Bobby. Bobby Seal. Thank you, Bobby Seal. And, uh, oh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. I think it's P. Healy Newton. Um, like those characters in Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I had more of a passion analysis of Fred Hampton and the fact that, like, the cops killed him. Yeah. You know? and But, like, that was it. I did not know that there was, like, a whole FBI infiltration, Bill O'Neill kind of thing, you know, until, like, I saw this documentary called The Murder of Fred Hampton. I was like, what? Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they don't cover the Bill O'Neill angle. And I think, I guess at that time, because it happened in 1971, this documentary was made. And I guess they didn't know at that time. Yeah. Uh, but, sorry. Uh, go on. Um... So, I guess that's, for me, like, a weird contradiction because I think he maybe wasn't as cold as you would expect that he probably was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would have probably been a different movie if he was. Oh, like a a more of a cold individual? Yeah. I think that was, and I'm sorry, and it's Huey P. Newton, I said his name backwards. Um, I think what it was was... uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. It would have been a different movie if he was Cole. And I guess like um, the writers and, and the director, they wanted to kind of like in a way kind of like humanize him instead of just making it like a straight up like, fuck that guy, like all the way. And I know I know like during the movie, it was I was I was kind of like, fuck that guy, but not like in an extreme sense. I was more like but you also have sympathy for him, too, yeah. which kind of makes me angry. Yeah, because I felt like it was like he stuck between a rock and a hard place um, in the sense. Kind of. Yeah. And then like closer towards the end, um, there's like that part where um, he like drugs Fred Hampton and it, and it's debated. People have debated if he actually did do that. He's, he has said during interviews or um, he has said before in public, like, I did not drug him. Like, they just... I don't know what happened that night or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, they pretty much they don't they don't um, they don't um, explicitly show him drugging Fred Hampton, but you have the idea that he slipped something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and then I was just more like, all right, fuck that guy. And then that then that PBS clip they showed, and I was like, really fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, they even showed a, a bit of a caption. And the captain was like, after this interview was aired, like, uh, uh, Bill O'Neill had like committed suicide. The, and what, the night, the very night that it aired. And what did you say? 
Yeah. Bye. <laughs> no, I think you were like, fuck that guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I said, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, good. No, I said, good. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. And we don't take light of like suicide. Like Kelsey and I have our issues with that as well. We've struggled with that. Um, but this was like somebody that like really did more harm than good. He was a a bitch from the moment we <laughs> met him Damn. in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was mm. a, a bitch in real life from that moment all the way to his death. He went out like a bitch, too. <laughs> I like how you're saying that. He went out like a bitch. He w- yeah, he did. Because he was one. Yeah. Um, I think his wife had said that because uh, from what I read, he like crashed his car in a in an intersection or something like that he was involved in a car accident and his wife had said it was an accident it was no i'm sorry it was ruled a suicide but his wife said it was an accident however his father said no it was suicide because earlier that earlier that day he tried to jump out of a window Mm -hmm. um so she was probably in denial probably um one thing i there's one thing I really, really enjoyed th- about this movie, even though, like I said, it's it follows Fred Hampton and Bill O'Neill. Um, th- there, the moments where there's Fred Hampton, like him interacting with the Black Panther Party, and like his plan to like keep the community together, and then bringing like the gang, like the crowns together, and then even like um, when he said like we're gonna start like a rainbow coalition, and he got like Southern rednecks, he got like Puerto Ricans together. That that part. I absolutely loved. I wanted more of that. I know, right? I thought it was fucking great. Yeah. But there's like a part of me that thinks that you're doing a disservice to Fred Hampton by showing um, the backstabbing of Bill O'Neill. Like you didn't focus mm. on the positive stuff that he did. Uh-huh. Instead, you chose to focus on his death. Hmm. You know mm. what I mean? Like I it, it feels like like the the writer and director mm. were like, yeah, this would make a great movie. I mm. can make some money off of this. I don't think so. I, I, and, I and I and like I don't mean that he actually felt like that, but I mm. felt like that that story would sell probably more than Fred Hampton actually like coming like from the beginning to the end, mm. like him, like what yeah. he did, what he thought. Okay. I think, well, I would probably have to say, I think because that's, maybe that's because it's more of an interesting story when you're following Fred Hampton, like his rise, and then what happened with his time with the Black Panther Party to his death. Maybe like the before that's not as interesting. That's my guess. Yeah, but that's like saying, well, you know what's more interesting Mm -hmm. than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. doing a march? Mm. You know, following the conspiracy, I mean, the... um. The rumors that he was a womanizer. Yeah. And that's a much more interesting story. I mean, well, they do cover that in Selma. So that's not too far. I didn't watch that. Yeah, they do cover that in Selma. Um, But I think because of what happened, what happened with Fred Hampton and his death, I think it's because it's it's so um, not uh, it's so well known in the black community. And it maybe maybe because it's so it's such worth a story to tell because it shows the length the FBI is willing to go, or yeah, the willing it, they were willing to go to bring down the Black Panther. It, it's definitely not just about Bill O'Neill. Like I feel like maybe I'm focusing too much on that. Mm. It definitely was about the FBI, yeah. and I think that's the part that pissed me off mm. the most. Like Bill O'Neill pissed me off, mm. but it's like 
being mad that like a girl was, you know, gonna fight my sister. Mm. Right? Like I didn't know that str- that whole thing personally. I'm yeah. just mad because that's my sister. Oh yeah. You know like, what I mean? Oh, because you because I, okay. So let me let me try to understand what you're saying. Um, like you're you're upset that they use they took advantage of this individual, Bill Bill O'Neill. To bring down the Black Panther Party, but you're even more pissed off that they decided FBI. You're more pissed off at the FBI for like, let me weaponize this dude. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So the thing for me, it's not even just that I'm I'm for okay. There's a couple things, mm. right? I was thinking about it, and um, I was thinking it had something to say about like religion. Okay. But I don't remember what it was. I had it in my head like two seconds ago. So I guess I'll just go on with my other part. (laughs) Okay. Um, It scares me Mm -hmm. that even though this was like 50, like 60 years ago, Mm -hmm. this shit is still happening. Oh, yeah. This is still a common thing. Yeah. It's still happening. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I'm not black. Mm -hmm. Um, But I grew up poor. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't like totally not understand what black people go through. Mm. I know I don't understand everything, but mm. like I grew up poor. I feel like I have a bigger heart than people who grow up with money. I could I could picture you part of the Rainbow Coalition. I'd totally be a fucking part of that. I would mm. be out as long as like I had a place to sleep. Mm. Like if they would at least just put me up. Mm. Like, don't uh, even pay for my, in my cell phone bill or nothing. Like, yeah. Like, just... Put a roof over your head. I would totally not have a job. I would totally put all of my energy into that. Mm, okay, I got you. Answering phones, whatever the fuck they needed. Yeah, some people That's some people did that. Some people are doing that now for, uh, for BLM. Like, they're just like, this is my entire life now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Um, it that that's just terrifying for me. It's like totally fucking terrifying, mm-hmm. and it's not that I feel like it's ever gonna affect me in a way that I have to watch my back. But just the simple fact that our government operates that way, yeah, like we're supposed to be like, oh, this is the American dream. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the American dream. It's not like mm-hmm. this is the American dream is like. It doesn't exist. Mm. Like I, I will say that it never existed. That's what I'm saying. It mm. never existed. It was like, it was like a religion, right? Like mm-hmm. you believe in something, but you can never really attain it. Yeah. You can feel it if you're willing to like lie to yourself or be gullible or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you cannot ever attain it. Ever. Even if you make a lot of money, Mm. you can never actually achieve the American dream because being American, I've realized, is not a thing. Mm. Like, they want you to believe it. That you were born in America, you are American. And you're not. Yeah, you're like an American um, in title. With with the title. Not entitled, but with the title. You're an American as in a title. But you don't live the... Uh, what's it called? Uh, it doesn't bear, bear the same weight as being African or or French or you know part of any group that you might choose to be. You can't be Jewish and it like n- none of it holds the weight. 
like that all has more weight than being American does mm. to to me. Like, mm. you know, other countries view us differently mm. because they think that it exists because they don't know any better. And it's something to hope for and to dream for. Mm. Um, and it, it doesn't exist. And it's like, like I grew up with like the biggest heart. Like I look at Cadence. Mm-hmm. Your youngest daughter? My youngest daughter, my 10 year old. And she is so fucking naive. Mm. And I used to be like that. And it's like the older I get, I don't think like you start you struggle to find a reason why living any kind of life is worth anything at all Mm. like why yeah um because well i mean because like you said where people are uh fed this american dream that if you quote unquote pull your boot self pull yourself up by your bootstraps you too will have uh two-car garage home with uh with your wife and 2.5 kids and you know she can stay home and do this and that and all that kind of stuff right which hasn't which hasn't rang true since like like what the 60s i think or something like that no it, it still does honestly all the trump supporters where the women believe that being submissive to their husband is what god wants for them and see yeah and then that's when the, that's when it comes to the whole religion aspect of it god wants us to uh procreate and the woman has to stay home and take care of the kids mm-hmm. barefoot and pregnant in front of the stove why i go make the money and drink and probably go fiddle around with some other women or something like that yeah um but that does but that that makes it me that makes it seem more like a like it's a man issue it's a I say it's an everybody issue when it comes to women as well, because like some of these women who are Trump supporters or who are married to these Trump supporters are Trump supporters themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's that whole thing like, oh, if you don't say anything or do anything, you're you're still equally a part of the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not even that they're not saying anything or doing anything. They mm-hmm. are actively mm-hmm. doing and saying things to further that agenda Mm. so they're not even complicit like they're just they're implicit yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. absolutely um so so this movie stirred those emotions huh like i hate everybody now (laughs) damn no seriously like Uh i already have well first of all Mm. i was already kind of spiraling before i watched the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. and like I just, it just makes me know I understand people less and less. Mm. Like, I don't understand anything. I don't want to say that. It's just, it's just, it's just people are just so complex. It's, um, it's like that, it's like that line that James Baldwin said. I can't remember, like, the more I, the more I grow attached to, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he says in the long line, like, the more I grow attached to people, like, the le- the more they become confusing, and it, like, breaks my heart. I don't become attached to people, though. It's, like, no, 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 the I'm less, I don't, I become less attached to people. No, 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 I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying if it's in that mold of, like, you just, you just, you don't understand why people are doing this stuff, or you don't understand, like, what is, what is people? Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, so, so to get back on the movie, um, 
yeah, this movie, it's like, it, it's funny because this movie has been, I want to say, I don't say it has reached controversy. I think the controversy that has come upon this movie is the people who are criticizing the movie. There have been a number of reviewers who don't like this movie because it doesn't fit their narrative or how they want to feel about this movie. And these, and it's not even just like, I want to say like just white people. It's also been black people who have done this, who have, who have not liked this movie because it feels like Hollywood is like making you sympathize with Fred Hampton. I'm sorry, sympathize, not sympathize with the FBI in a way because they don't make them like murderous, like ravaging kind of like maniacs, like all oh, the FBI, like super scary and stuff like that, which I didn't get that. No, no, no. I'm saying, no, I'm saying reviewers. Uh, there have been reviewers who have that mindset that they are, that they feel that the movie is more focused on Bill O'Neill and should be f- solely focused on Fred Hampton. Right. I kind of thought that too. Mm-hmm. I remember saying that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like they're shitting on the movie and they're forgetting the whole movie. They're forgetting the message of the movie as a whole. They're forgetting about the FBI part. Yeah. And the FBI. I think it was cool too how the most of the film was not spent on making the FBI the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It were they it was, but it was subtle yeah, in but, a way that it was like they're doing shit, but you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's like they they're sharing they're making the FBI share responsibility for it because it wasn't just the FBI; it was the FBI, it was the Chicago, Chicago PD, you know, it was Bill O'Neill. Um, like, there's this one part. Like there's a there's one part that I was just like holy shit, um, that happened at the end where they were doing a epilogue, um, and it was saying how Bill O'Neill was still an informant for the FBI like during the seventies. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, like okay, shit, <laughs> FBI fucking just doing the dirtiest of the dirtiest shit. Yeah, and they wonder why people have an issue with them. Oh, I know what I was gonna say about religion now. Hmm. The reason why I, like, you could try to have sympathy for Bill O'Neill saying that Mm -hmm. he didn't want to go to jail or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know anything about him, which I don't really know much about him, but I get a sense that he was really a tasteless person to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole fact, uh, like, if you think about the Holocaust and how, like, those people were persecuted, Mm -hmm. um, you get, like, two different kinds of people right Mm. the ones who will pretend to denounce their religion Mm -hmm. and hope that god will forgive them while they work behind the scenes to try and like Mm. um save people okay and then the ones who stand and fight Mm. and like they won't denounce their religion and they're just like i'm jewish so that's, that's it do whatever you're gonna do yeah yeah and Bill O'Neill didn't do any of that. He was just like, oh, you want me to be a Nazi? Okay, I'll be a Nazi. <laughs> or you mean you want me to be a snitch? I'll be a snitch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're... I mean, I don't have, I don't have complete hatred for the guy. Cause, and, I'm not, and I'm not completely sympathizing with the dude. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place, but, you know... It seems like he was a victim of his environment as well. Like, like he probably grew up poor, not knowing better. The police were always mean, you know, like awful to him or whatever. And he probably mm. was just surviving. Yeah. Um, and then there was the, there was the other guy. I, I can't remember his name, but there was the other guy that was also an informant for the FBI who was infiltrate who infiltrated the Black Panther Party. Yeah. And that dude was c- clearly fucked up. 
Like yeah. a clearly fucked up individual. I read some. I got some info on the guy. I forget what his name, but I read up on him, and and apparently, like, yeah, he did like murk people. He was like sadistic as fuck, and he knew he can get away with it because he was a former for the FBI. Yeah. And um, they probably were like, cool, you killed somebody, I don't have to deal with that person. <laughs> yeah, right? And their FBI just like, oh, you know, the ends justify the means. Yeah. Totally FBI. Um, I would not be surprised if... Okay, so here's... I have two thoughts on this. One is, I wouldn't be surprised if Lakeith Sanford gets nominated for an Oscar for this role. However, it's going to get a lot of protests from black people. Because it's like you're rewarding, you're rewarding the memory of Bill O'Neill for what he did. Yeah. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, I would say that he, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated as well, because his performance is really great, except for like, you know, the couple parts where it's just like, wait, what did he say? You know, because he's yeah. talking a little too fast and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he even did that thing where like, he got fucking fat for this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's not a fat suit. I didn't <laughs> know that. I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I can totally see like Shaka, uh, Shaka King being nominated for best directing as well because I think the directing was fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, I remember you. Co- I remember you made a comment about the music in this movie. That is great. Yeah, and I said like, well, I mean, you get a black, if you get a black director to do a film around this time, you're gonna get a bomb ass fucking soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I think it's a great film. I totally recommend this film for anybody who are even mildly curious about the black panther party um because like there's this, there's still this narrative that they were like a terrorist organization and they were not they use the word comrade a lot it didn't really help their image true but it only people who are not educated mm-hmm. about what that word actually means yeah would think that too. yeah they would think like oh communism or some shit like that yeah like comrade okay so you're like fucking russian sympathizers yeah yeah. So stupid. Uh, so what's Jay? What say you? Do you think you recommend this for people? If you can stomach it, I was so angry after I watched it, I mm-hmm. actually felt sick. Yeah, I remember you told me that. Um, yeah, if I showed you like if I showed you like a bunch of like videos that the there were documentaries the teacher had us to watch for my uh, um, my African study class, African American study class, you'd fuck mark why'd you show me this shit because <laughs> you would have been like way angry because that was like actual footage that they would show and shit like that yeah it's great stuff though um all right is there anything else be good on this are we done we're done okay so what do we got up next uh next we have our variety time <laughs> Yeah, uh, so my buddy Ivan, who I've known for years, uh, decided to drop us a message on our Facebook page. Uh, and the, or sorry, question that was directed towards Kelsey. Actually, it was through Instagram. Yeah, it wasn't an email. No, I think it was our Facebook page. I we, saw it on Instagram. I know, but when I try to check Instagram, it's not. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It was our Instagram page. Because <laughs> we were also messaging each other yeah. through Instagram and we got really confused yeah. on the same day. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so he asked. Um, as a veteran, how do you feel? Oh, he asked Kelsey. Sorry, he asked Kelsey. As a veteran, how do you feel about military movies? Do you view them through the eyes of a moviegoer, vet, or writer? One love, IG. Um, I really like this question. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know what? And I've known you for years. I've never even asked you this question. Yeah. Um, it depends on the movie. 
Okay. So you also have to remember, I was also a military wife for eight years. Mm, okay. Um, so like that movie, uh, American Sniper, mm-hmm. uh, that one killed me emotionally. I, I, I saw that movie, but my memory of it is very, very faint. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Um, also having been in the army, uh, I view the army as the lowest, um, the lowest branch of the military. I have heard that multiple times as well from different people. Yeah. So um, I get a little defensive, not like in a no army people don't do that kind of way when mm-hmm. when it's almost like they're doing a parody of military. They're supposed to be army, but they're clearly stupid as shit. Uh-huh. Um, I get as a vet kind of not and I'm not a vet like I've never been overseas. I want to make that clear. Mm. I've been told some people still thank me for my service even even knowing i haven't been overseas yeah you've like never you like have you you've never seen combat right no i haven't mm-hmm. um but the term vet implies you've been overseas mm, okay so like i haven't been overseas i just know what it's like to be in the military mm-hmm. um so anytime you see the army mm. doing stupid shit in the movies mm-hmm. i get angry Okay. Because I feel like that's true to like <laughs> how Ameri- like stupid people who join the military think. Like, don't uh, get me wrong, there are people who join the military and mm-hmm. want to be lifers mm-hmm. and they don't get caught up in the high school bullshit. Mm-hmm. Now, is that is that more just in the the army section or is that kind of like I mean, a- it happens in all the branches, right? Okay. But you get different training in the army. Mm-hmm. And in order to go through other branches of service, mm-hmm. you have a more stringent um, training than, okay. than the army does. Mm. Um, so, like, I was always worried about uh, my ex when he would go overseas because I knew that if he was going to be, like, around army people if anything happened he'd probably die mm-hmm. like they just don't have the training it's like the army or the pawns of the chessboard oh okay i get you oh yeah i get that analogy yeah yeah um there are times i don't think i ever really think about the military as a writer mm-hmm. oh like it, well i think what he's meaning like um like when you watch something that's a military story, do you think they get like the feel of the military or did they get like the, the way how the military is functioned correctly? That That's why I liked American Sniper mm-hmm. because they kind of captured all facets, right? Mm-hmm. They captured patriotism, why mm-hmm. you join the military. Mm-hmm. They captured what it's like to be in a relationship when you're in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced firsthand as being a military wife, Mm. um, since my ex was a Marine, he went over to Iraq Yeah. and we argued the whole seven months he was there. Like over the phone or? No. Yeah. Like, Mm. yeah. Like, um. Oh, for some reason I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like Zoom existed back then or Skype was like a a very. No, Skype was. We did Skype. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. For some, I'm picturing, but I'm picturing like dial up Skype or something. Like your guys are arguing and he's like, I can't believe. (laughs) And another, like that was kind of like freeze frame. We didn't fight. 
uh-huh. fight, but we argued. Like, it was stupid, petty bullshit. Like, he'd be mad. Why weren't you there to pick up my, my call? Mm. You called me twice already today. Yeah. Do you not have anything better to do than be in the fucking call center? <laughs> Like, I know you're probably bored because you're over there. I can't, I have, like, at that time he left mm-hmm. when my, our firstborn was six months old. Yeah, so you got a kid to take care of. Plus, you got everything to take care of. And it wasn't in just that, right? Like, I was responsible for paying the bills. Mm-hmm. We lived on base. Mm-hmm. The, the duplexes that we had on base mm-hmm. were built in the 20s. Mm-hmm. They were falling apart. Mm-hmm. We had roaches. Like, I had to deal with a baby that was like learning to crawl and like, oh, that looks like it's fun to eat. No, 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 on a roach. Yeah, she did like mm. twice. Mm. Um, and you know, then my ex was getting in trouble with his fucking command because I was causing a stink with the fucking housing development because I was like, guys, come fix this problem. You say your ex, or, or you mean your husband at the time? Yeah. Okay. And he was like, you got to stop because you're getting me in trouble. Oh shit. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want my kid eating roaches. Okay. I'm glad to know where your priorities lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, we're always fucking, like, bickering. Not, like, mm. full-out fighting, because we never really did that. But uh-huh. it was, like, your life stops when they go over. So, that, so that's... And so, American Sniper kind of, like, covered that aspect, right? For me, it did, yeah. Okay. Um, It seems like maybe she was more well-adjusted than I was. Honestly, mm. like, I was 20 when he went overseas. Mm. So, like... Yeah, experience life, shit. No, and then everybody my age, it hurt me and pissed me off so bad. Like, I think the second time he deployed, mm. they were just barely on the bus, and there were these two women standing in front of me, and they're like, yeah, so uh, we're going to go out and get fucked tonight, right? <laughs> like, it's like, how, how much disrespect do you have? Like, mm. I don't know. And then there was this aspect about him that about um the character from american sniper i don't remember uh, if his first or his last name was kyle yeah you talking about the bradley uh bradley cooper yeah well the, the actor bradley cooper but yeah yeah um he came back home mm-hmm. and all he could think about was getting back over there mm-hmm. and i went through that too because my ex came back home and he, he told me yeah he played chris kyle okay yeah hmm he came back and after having been away for seven months, mm. like he didn't like the fact that I was living in an apartment that he didn't know. So it didn't feel like home to him because he came home to a, a new place. Mm. Um, and not just that, but he was just like, um, I just want to go back. Now, I have heard that that is a common thing for people who are overseas often. Um, uh, an example that they covered. So, okay. So they cover that in American Sniper, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've, like I said, I've seen the movie, but like my member of it, it's like kind of like, it's it's not that much on it. But I do remember in The Hurt Locker, the film directed by Catherine Bigelow and starring Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie, that that is a part that they cover as well, that he doesn't feel right unless he's over there yeah mm-hmm. now do you do you have an idea why that's a thing like you get accustomed to a regimented lifestyle mm, almost like prison kind of but you don't enjoy prison mm. 
you do enjoy the military. Mm. Um, and even having been in, in training, I almost have a sort of fondness for it. Mm. Um, and probably because like, um, when I went through training, um, our company had four platoons mm. and all the other platoons would get dropped by their, um, drill sergeant, like to do push ups and all kinds of shit all the mm. time. And mine was like, nah, we we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. Um, like, and didn't really have to go through a bunch of that stuff, but also like, it was like a lot of fun. Like you do, you learn how to clear houses and like you do like road marches and like, I don't like, it just, it felt like, like camp. Mm. I don't know. Like and there's your- there was more weight to it than that, but mm. like you got to fire a weapon. Like mm. there, there's all these things that you get to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, especially for someone like me who needed to disconnect emotionally from family members from anybody else Mm. it's perfect it's like it it fits perfectly in there Mm. like in that space in that void where you would have like a significant other or children or you know parents that you love like if you don't have that the military is a great surrogate yeah that's another thing i've heard that that you if you don't have a family like or if your family i guess your home is not how you your home is um, before the military. It's not what someone it's consider kind of like broken a family. Or broken. Something. There you go. If you come from a broken home, you go into the military. Military. Boom. You're like family and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And like so, you get mm. he like so he had a family, obviously with me and, mm. and Cameron, mm. but it just felt better for him to be. It's not that he didn't love us or anything, but he just wanted to be over there overseas. Like. Yeah. You get used to taking care of people, and mm. it's like a regimented lifestyle. Like, yeah. so, like, and it did kind of hurt too. And then it was so weird because it was like, I swear it was the very next day. Mm. He had only been home for three months. Mm-hmm. And they're like, You're going to Afghanistan. Shit. And like, because he came home from Iraq mm. and then. We had to move to California. Mm-hmm. So, like, he got home a month after Cameron's birthday, which was, so it was Your in October. Daughter. Yeah, so mm-hmm. in October, he got home. Mm-hmm. And then in December, we moved. Mm-hmm. It was, like, January 1st. Yeah. So, like, we had Christmas, and we didn't have, like, almost any of our furniture because they came and packed up our shit. Oh, wow, shit. Um, and then we moved to California. Mm-hmm. And we had, I guess we stayed with his family for like a, a month mm-hmm. in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got an apartment for like a couple months mm-hmm. and we signed a lease for like a year. Mm-hmm. And they legally have to let you out of the lease. Yeah. If, he, yeah, if yeah. like he's deploying and you can't like support yourself there or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, his his cousin died in Afghanistan while he was in Iraq. Uh-huh. And then they, like, it's, like, weird, like, a couple months later, now you know you're going to Iraq. Yeah. He was, like, we were both terrified. Mm. Um, But he still wanted to go. It was, like... So has there been ever... Like, like you're, you're drawing a lot of comparison from, like, you and Americans... Um, from what was going on in American Sniper, because you, you seem to be related to that. Um, is there... Have you ever seen any type of other military movie that covers like that fear that you're referring to, like in a, in a cinematic kind of way? 
I don't know that I have. Mm. I know most recently, De Five Bloods, I know that the whole point of that movie is not what I got from it. Like, <laughs> I did get some things from it, mm-hmm. but, you know, that I was supposed to. But obviously, like, there is a whole aspect of, like, you are not the same person while you're over there that you are when you're at home. Yeah. Um, And, like, there are just things that you, they, they affect you. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, I kind of got that, too. Because you... So like, you, there was weird, because there was one time where he was saying goodbye to me without saying goodbye to me. Like, how do you mean? Like, he called me, and I could feel him saying goodbye without him actually saying goodbye. Like, goodbye, like... Like, he thought he was going to die. Ooh. Because he knew he was going to have to leave the wire to go fix something. And, of course, it's, like, horrible, you know. There's, I'm, And I'm sure, like, the survival rate wasn't that great. He went at a good time. He what? He went at a good time. Oh, he went at a good time? Okay. Uh, but there's, there's still like an amount of like danger. There, There right. is. There was only one time where he got shot at when he oh. was like leaving in a helicopter. Oh, okay. Like from to go somewhere. Um, mm. He There was only one time and he was like, oh shit. <laughs> I need a, I, like I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of military movies. There are some that I like absolutely like, like Full Metal Jacket. I think that movie's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously, I never really had that military lifestyle. Got close. Got really fucking close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I feel like to kind of like show you like a funny part of the military, like a funny idea of the military is maybe like uh, Stripes. Mm. I need to show you that Stripes uh, stars um, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray and like fucking John Candy's in there as well, and it's just like a comedic like look at at the military. Mm. And I think you it, it, and like they even like they go like they the story covers like before before Bill Murray and Hal Rambers are in the military when they're at boot camp and then when they go on mission and this is during like the Cold War mm-hmm. that they do they cover this area. Um, people are stupid, right? Like, what do you, how do you mean? Like, I kind of might enjoy that because uh. I feel like if you join the military. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it to get away from something. You're mm. not very smart. <laughs> Damn. You know, like mm. I'm not saying you're like intellectually stupid, but mm. like maybe you're obviously you're very young, so mm. you're, you're fucking stupid because you're young. Yeah. I was 17 when I joined. Um. So you know, Ivan's in the military, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I, I know you never met Ivan. Ivan's actually a smart guy. Didn't he, I meet him one time? No. No, you haven't met him. You've actually never met him. Who did we meet when we were in San Diego? Oh, that was Logan. Logan. Okay. That was Logan. Uh yeah, Ivan, he's in the he's in the Air Force. But in my view of the Air Force mm-hmm. is that they can be pretty snobby. Mm-hmm. They can be. Mm-hmm. But they still get better training than the army. And yeah. so you can't really hate on them for if they are going to be snobby. I Ivan can be a bit snobby, but like he does it like in a fun way. He's yeah, not he's not like, like oh I stick my nose at you. He's just like oh I got a nice truck. I mean what do you expect? I mean the <laughs> Air Force, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, Ivan joined the Air Force if I remember correctly. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ivan, uh, if you're listening. He joined the Air Force I think like right out of high school, mm-hmm. and he's been in it ever since. Like he's a full lifer, but he's like travel. He he actually, uh, from my understanding, he he does at least enjoy it. You and it's regimented. You, mm. I don't know what it is. It's like you're part of some sort of brotherhood. Mm. Like even being 
a military wife. Like I was, I was reserves mm. and then I got out because we had a kid mm. and we didn't want to make a family care plan. So if either, you know, if we both died overseas, mm. someone would watch our kid because we don't really find either sides of our family competent enough to uh, take care of children. Gotcha. Um, so I cried when, when he got out of the military. When um, your your husband at the time did? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, I don't know, it's like you're in a bubble. Yeah. You're in a bubble. Um, so did that, so did that happen in American Sniper? Like did the wife cry when Chris Kyle got out? I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember if she did or she didn't. I know that she had it rough with him though, because he dealt with PTSD. He had a yeah. really, really bad time with it. Yeah. To the point where he was violent, I think. Yeah. Until he finally thing. started throwing his energy into helping other military people, mm-hmm. um, which is ultimately what ended in his demise. Yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. But um, I would like to see the more funny side because what I was getting at with people are stupid is because they're young. Like I, I was in training with this girl who was like, "Yeah, I'm a stripper." <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> you got this girl from like the south this black girl mm. and she was real interesting because her and the stripper girl were like best friends the stripper girl had like a pixie cut with red hair and she, mm. it really didn't look that good on her though like so don't imagine that it did but mm-hmm. i don't know like they get it gets like clicky like all the whores fucking hang together mm-hmm. you get like the nerdy people you get the the macho people like it's like high school i know it's kind of like high school yeah and then of course i'm the kind of person that people like to fucking pick on me Mm. so like then i end up switching fucking rooms because these people want to ask me like why is it that people think i look so fucking innocent that they're asking me sexual questions about Mm. myself like what what business is it of yours and they're like oh she doesn't want to answer look at her blushing no shit i'm fucking 17 you know what i mean they're only like also maybe 19 like they're not much older but it's like still gross yeah like i didn't grow up like that yeah so um like so it's kind of like dog eat dog when you're in fucking training but Mm. that's what i mean how like you know i'm sure you could find some humor in it too like um so ultimately like what is what is your feel about military movies like you think like uh, my from my understanding you you from my understanding you take them as because i know you haven't seen a lot of them but you have seen enough mm-hmm. that you can tell like they fluctuate within like often authenticity and like quality right i mean right. That, and that's a typical thing um but it seems like you seem to you seem to gravitate more to, towards like american sniper american sniper because it it relates to your struggle of what you went through yeah um i will say if it's more focusing on the military mm-hmm it's going to feel a little better to me. Mm. Um, more like military, more like what I remember. Mm. Um, but if it's focusing on like an alien invasion <laughs> and the military is the only hope that humanity has to save yeah. it. Throw everything, throw logic out the I'm window. And I'm like, okay, this is like, you know. Garbage. <laughs> I'm, you know, I can't be one of those people that's like, they're not wearing their uniform right. They're not. I used to do that. Oh, really? You're one of those. Okay. Yeah. Like, what fucking rank is that? They're, they have their fucking chevrons on upside down. <laughs> what the hell? I have a, my, my kid's uncle. He's in the military. Um, 
I think his wife's in the military as well. I think they're both. I know he's in the military. Um, and I, I, and I knew him before he joined the military. He was actually kind of like an easy kind of going guy. He was, he could be a little serious. Like he, he had kind of a chip on his shoulder and everything. But I remember when he went in and he came back, he was like completely different. And I was like, yo, dude, what happened? He used to be like funny. Fuck, man. He's like, no, I'm still funny. You know, just, I just seen a lot of shit. I'm like, fuck. Well, can you talk about it? No, I can't. We gotta keep it secret. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, your uncle. Oh, my uncle. But see, that was at a different time. My uncle Richmond, who who was in Vietnam. It doesn't matter. It's the same shit. That's true. I would like to ask my dad, since he fought in World War II. (laughs) Fuck. You were old when you were born. (laughs) I came out like Morgan Freeman. (laughs) 36. cinematic this week is Malcolm X. He was a pusher, a hustler, a thief. Ready to tackle the streets? Yeah, I'm ready. Let him come. <laughs> he was loved, respected, convicted. State your number, little. I forgot in a dream that's divine. He was a prisoner who set himself free. A Muslim must be strikingly upright. I will not touch the white man's drugs, his liquor, his women. So that those in the darkness can see the power of the light. I will not lie, cheat, or steal. I believe you will remain faithful. Yes. He was a follower who became a leader. You're not an American. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. He brought honor to disobedience. I suggest you look outside that window. You've been laying down and bowing down for 400 years. I think it's time to stand up. All right, break it up. You got what you wanted. Nah, I'm not satisfied. That's too much power for one man to have. And a voice to a people who longed to be heard. You're saying you're anti-white. No, you're saying I'm anti-white. I'm sorry, Betty. I haven't been the best husband. You advocate violence. No, sir. This movie came out in 1992, and the synopsis is biographical epic of the controversial and influential black nationalist leader from his early life and career as a small-time gangster to his ministry as a member of the nation of islam directed by and written by spike lee and also written by arnold pearl it stars denzel washington angela bassett spike lee and delroy lindo Mm. i remember you're like oh that's not delroy lindo but it was no, at the beginning I thought it. At the beginning I thought it wasn't. I was like, oh yeah, it is. Like while we're watching, you're like, oh, that's still Ray Lindo. You're like, no, wait, that's not. Oh but no. Then yeah. you never went back and said, oh yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Malcolm X. Um, I want to say it was like a. I don't. I'm not gonna say it was like a regular rotation in my household. Um, 
I did watch it once as a kid, and occasionally it would like pop up on TV, or my mom be watching it, or had like a relative watch, an uncle, a cousin, or something like that. So it, was, it would like I would watch it like sporadically, like here, there, and everywhere, and stuff like that. Um, so it was honestly, I was actually really looking forward to like showing this one to you because mm-hmm. you know this is like another one from my childhood, and it's like you know uh, something that's in Black history and. Um, some of it that's not really so far fetched. I know that the uh, the script is based off of his book that he wrote himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be a little bit. I mean, obviously there are some liberties that yeah. is told within a script. Um, uh, so I, with I mean, with all that, you know, as Kelsey, uh, what did you think about this movie? I thought the movie was good, mm-hmm. like really good, even though it was long. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the direction and how they would like kind of sporadically put like gunshots that mm-hmm. obviously were from his childhood, yeah. Like in certain parts that had kind of an impact. Oh, like the trauma he dealt he dealt with with uh, like the KKK coming to his house as a yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, I like how they 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 show you what kind of person he was, and mm-hmm. then how he uh, joined the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm what kind of role he had and then you know how he started uh, trying to better himself even further before he was killed like yeah like how he tried to like separate himself from the nation of islam and even even like went to mecca mm-hmm. and it was just like understanding like that whole lifestyle oh that that religion and like what it was about yeah um i remember talking to you about it mm-hmm. and i was like I didn't really like I've I met a couple of black people when mm. I was growing up. But mm. I don't really have an understanding of the culture or mm. like I knew who Martin Luther King Jr. was, but only what like school teaches you, you know? Yeah. Which is like he did that one speech that one time. And <laughs> yeah, he marched across the bridge. I know, exactly. And then he was killed. Yeah, <laughs> like, they don't talk about the other shit, like him getting his ass kicked in Selma and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't yeah, so mm-hmm. um so I didn't know like anything about Malcolm X because school mm. doesn't really teach you a whole lot about him. Yeah, because he was seen more as a, a, a radical, more as a radical. Like, and don't get me wrong, some of the, I mean, they they do a lot of the, um, uh, in the movie they do a lot of scenes where like he's kind of like reenacting the speeches that Malcolm X did and every everything like that. Mm-hmm. So some of the, some of the stuff he said, it's it's very inflammatory yeah inflammatory and then like some of course white people would be like oh he's trying to he's trying to rally up black folks to kill us and everything like that mm-hmm. um and it, it granted there was some some validity to that but he was kind of just really just calling people out on their shit yeah and just like trying to unify black people um because i remember growing up even when i grew up like there was very little talk about malcolm x it was the same thing about like martin luther king he did this he did that you know all that kind of stuff but um i i i like that how this movie does cover it gets you more in depth into the character of malcolm x and like the struggles he fought with not with just like the nation of islam and like america but like the struggles he had with like his wife mm-hmm. you know when she was just like we have to leave the nation of islam because it's not adding up. Yeah. You know, this is not, not going right. Um, I like watching, I liked watching this film because even though I know it's probably not 100% historically correct, mm-hmm. it gives me a better idea of who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So anyways, if I ever did hear anything about Malcolm X when I was younger, mm. there was always like a small level of like unease mm-hmm. or like fear. Yeah. Associated with that name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I, and I don't really know where it comes from. Like, it's weird because I'm sure anytime he was brought up, mm. like, maybe my young mind would infer, like, some sort of evilness or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't remember anything specifically that was ever said, but I just know that you say Malcolm X, you think, I should be afraid. I think I think even, like, the name Malcolm X, like... You know, back then, like, they had misconstrued his name as, like, a threat. Yeah. You know, even though he was just like, no, I just got rid of my slave name. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> um, But I'm glad to know, like, what he was doing to, like, how he was getting away from the Nation of Islam and stuff. Mm. And, like, why why he realized that was radical bullshit. Mm. Um, and that he was kind of more... I don't know if it's selfish or not. Like, like as a white person, I want to, I want to help black people too. And there was that one scene where he was like approached by like a college student who was white. And she's like, how can I help you? And he's like, you Mm. can't. Oh, okay. So there's, okay. So there's actually some truth to that. Uh, Well, okay. There's actually not some truth. There's actually truth to that. Um, So what had happened was that Malcolm X, um, has said he has done in, in in interviews and speaking engagements. This is after he found like after he went to Mecca and understood like the values of Islam and everything that he thinks back at that moment because someone um, from my understanding he was in a diner and a white woman did approach him and was like how can I help and he did say like I, he his words were different he said something like not like a not like there's not a damn thing but like there isn't like a ghostly thing in this earth you can do or something like that right. Mm-hmm. And he says that um, he thinks back at that and how naive he was back then. Mm -hmm. Because when he went to Islam, he saw white people working with other minorities and saw the value of that, that they weren't just all just to be seen as like, you know. Like not all white people are the devil. Yeah, exactly. So he says like he actually thinks back at that. He was like, yeah, I was naive, I was stupid. But like, you know, I wish I had thought about it. But it was like a learning experience for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I know, like, I know that I shouldn't latch on to it, but for me, that's something that that I like that they showed and that he grew from because, mm. like, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I want to help, but I, I don't. I always feel pretty powerless, too, because I'm not black and I don't have any influence. Yeah, but you can be helpful in, in your own way. I mean, unlike somebody like Rachel Dolezal or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can be helpful. You can be white and still help. Mm. You know, we we like allies. Allies are a good thing. Mm. Um, so, so you had said like how um, you like the movie despite it being like long because I think the movie is like two and a half hours or something like that. I think it's almost like three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at one point, Oliver Stone no expressed interest in directing this movie as a follow up to JFK. Thank God he did not get it. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, we just you talked about all over stone. I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I was going to like this one. Um, one thing that, uh, one thing that I, I remember. I was trying to put it down quietly and went clunk. I know. You and know, also the water like, like don't <laughs> <laughs> Um 
so one thing that I thought was interesting is in this movie, um, you know, Denzel Washington's Malcolm X is covering, um, it's working with Elijah Muhammad, uh, the leader of Nation of Islam. Um, but there's like no Louis Farrakhan mention at all. And the reason why, and Louis Farrakhan is now the head of the Nation of Islam. He was like more of like of a second command or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike Lee actually removed all mention of Louis Farrakhan after receiving direct th- threats from him. Oh shit! I know. Um, so, what did you think about what did you think about the performance from, let's say, just Denzel Washington? Denzel Washington's always really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes he takes me out of the story because sometimes I only see Denzel Washington. Yeah, a lot of people have that exact same thing because he still has like his certain like mannerisms and stuff and, like and that. His mouth, like his, he has like an overbite. Mm. So, like the way he talks sometimes is distracting. Mm. Um, or like he has a lazy eye too. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's just, he was really good, but there were times where he took me out of the story. Yeah. His performance is, um, it, it, to me in this movie, it didn't, his, it, I didn't, I didn't have the same thing as you did. Like there was nothing, there was no time I looked at, um, I take the back. Actually, I'll rewind it. There were times I did go like, okay, that's just Denzel Washington. But I, I was just equating to like just Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, other times I would just like, damn, he's doing a damn good fucking Malcolm X. Like, I'm yeah. going the fuck out of this. He was, it sucks because he was nominated for like best actor mm-hmm. for an Oscar and he fucking lost to Al fucking Pacino in Scent of a Woman. Ew. I know. And it's... I didn't see that, but just the, like the name of that movie. the the most The most recognizable line from that is "hoo <laughs> It's so dumb. Um, so it's it sucks that he he that Oscar got that got robbed for him. Um, what did you think of Angela Bassett? She was good, like really good. Oh yeah. Um, she has like swag. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And you can't help but fall in love with her and with him, mm. you know. And like, it's interesting because she, I think she does a really good job too of portraying like a wife who wants to have children with a man, mm-hmm. but wants to be respected too. Yeah. So it's not like that is my only role, and you can, I'll be submissive to you, and that's it. Yeah. It's like, no, like. You know, I'll treat you as I should treat you, but you should also treat me with some respect too. Yeah, and you got—you really got a sense of that. And so, movie. like, I think out of that respect, like, came a lot of love. Like, it really—I really felt that. Mm. Um. So this movie had like a lot of like budget issues. Like, um, uh, Spike Lee has gone on record and said that like he referred to him and other people on set referred to to WB lot as the plantation. <sighs> um, so what happens is that Spike Lee had requested like $33 million for the film, right? And this is like a reasonable sum, especially of this scope. Like they were going to cover like a huge amount of like, um, of Malcolm X's life. Um, so, uh, given his past, past five previous films, they had only collected like domestically, like less than a hundred mil. So Warner Brothers was like, all right, we'll give you like 20 million. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was eight million from Largo Entertainment uh, for the foreign rights, um, and then the f- the movie went five million dollars over budget. Denzel Washington even like, what did I say? 
Denzel Washington, he even like put up his salary to make this movie because this is like an important movie, especially of that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Spike. So that was right at the time of the L.A. riots, wasn't it? Ninety-two. L.A. riots happened in ninety-three. So it was 19, right around that yeah. time when things were heating up. Yeah. Um, so Spike Lee had kicked in most of his salary, and but like when the financiers had shut the film down in post-production. Uh, Lee went to pu- went to the public, and uh, his battles were very public. Um, and he ended up getting money, help raise from Oprah Winfrey, Michael Michael Jordan, and Bill Co- <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, like after like a rough screening, the Warner Brothers kicked in like more funds mm. for the film. One thing I did not know about this movie is that this was originally a. Sp- uh, uh, I'm about to say Stephen Baldwin. Lord forgive me. Uh, a James Baldwin script. I did not know that before. Mm. Before uh, uh, reading up on it. Yeah, because um, like Baldwin had written the script, um, and this was like after his after Malcolm X had gotten killed, and the script was also co-written by Arnold. What's the dude's name? Arnold Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. It didn't get produced. It got kicked around for a bit, um, and then when it reached Spike Lee, Spike Lee did a lot of revisions. But Baldwin, the Baldwin family was just like, "No, take his name off it because you like changed it too much." Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, I read somewhere that Baldwin, Baldwin script, the movie would have actually started with him driving to that uh, to that speaking to his last speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And the movie is just told through like a series of flashbacks, oh, like okay. leading up. And I, and I would imagine this is Baldwin. I would imagine it been like way more poetic, way more like the movie is very meaningful. But like when you get into Baldwin's work, it's like, oh, cool, this is hitting me right in my heart. Yeah. Um, I would love to see a remake of this or by your favorite guy, Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Oh man, I'd love to see him do a Malcolm I like, X. I film. would. I think Barry Jenkins would be great doing another Baldwin book. Fuck man, he did that job so well. Um, what was I? Oh, the fucking trying to. Oh, so yeah. Despite this being a Spike Lee film, mm-hmm. this is actually pretty tamed. Yeah, because like we've you seen, just get one dolly shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a great dolly and shot, and it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, like well placed, not weird. Yeah, but like this movie doesn't have like the the pitfalls of like a Spike Lee film, where it's like, okay, the jazz is like annoyingly loud in this scene, or here's like a weird like Dutch angle, or here's just like some zoom in shit or whatever. Um, so yeah, this is like a surprisingly tame movie, and I think the reason for that is because Spike Lee was like, all right, I gotta be like serious with this. I can't just be like crazy and igni- um kinetic with like all my and you can't really put his thoughts and ideas into like race and different things because it has to be about what he thought yeah like what malcolm x thought yeah yeah i mean this movie is all about i mean this movie is about race anyway but like the spike lee level of race is pretty intense yeah um so do you think this film still holds up yeah yeah i i fully agree i like I don't even have to think about. I it. I know, right? This movie, like the the performance is still fucking good. The uh, direction is still good. Like, like I said, this movie's I think it's about two and a half hours, and it was like a. It, I don't want to say it was okay. I'll say if we had because we didn't we didn't fully sit down and watch the movie in one sitting because it was getting kind of late. So we're like, all right, 
you know, gotta go to bed, work, whatever. But I'm sure that if we had started it earlier, we probably would just watch the entire movie in one sitting. Yeah. And it wasn't boring. Oh, I can't think of a part that I thought was boring at fucking all. I wasn't bored. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, you're like, oh, it's a really long movie. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. And then we watch it. I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't take anything away from it. How long it is. Yeah. Not like, uh, what's it called? Not like uh, JFK, which you're just like, oh, God, how much more of this we got? If anything, I, th- I feel like you needed it to be that long because it, it feels like it has three. It's like three acts, right? It's yeah, like, like three incredibly large acts. Yeah, like you've got his before mm. before um, Islam. Yeah. And then after. Yeah. And then when he starts falling out of it, mm. not out of Islam, but out of the the nation of Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie's about like two hundred and one minutes. So how many? How many? How much long is that? Two hundred and one minutes. Yeah. Um. That's uh, more than three hours. Ooh, three close to three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's three hours and twenty one minutes. Yeah. Oh, you're close. Off by one minute. Um. And Jay, here, because I'm just going to put it to, Jay, to JFK comparison when it comes to the time frame. Because, I, like I said, Kelsey and I watched, I mean, we talked about extensively in a previous episode, but that JFK movie, we were just like, fuck. So JFK is three hours and nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X is longer and still way more entertaining. Yeah. Uh, would you be surprised to know, to know that uh, uh, Oliver Stone and... Um, Spike Lee attended the same film school in New York and had the same class. I believe it. I feel like they got. They, I feel like they, if you think about it, their styles are kind of similar, but I think they're in, they're still in two different directions. It's funny because I kind of feel like, like, look, not every black person is super great uh-huh. artistically, uh-huh. but if you're gonna pit two people and one's black and one's white that went to the same like class and their professor was martin scorsese but you know what i mean like <laughs> i feel like you know black people are good at a lot of things like better than white people so <laughs> I, like it's believable even though they're similar in style uh, sometimes but like yeah well see the thing is like like i like spike lee's old stuff like i've, I've shown you like a lot of his old stuff when you watch his newer stuff you're gonna be like what the fuck happened to him well, same with Oliver Stone. Yeah, that's true. What the fuck happened to him? They're just, like, stuck in their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, like, I mean, other than, um, uh, what's it called? Unlike the what, Black Klansman. That's, that's, that was a Spike Lee film, but we enjoyed the fuck out of that one. Yeah, and that was more of a historical. Yeah, and I think, and I think because Jordan Peele was produced, it was like, hey, bring it back, homie. Yeah. Bring that back a little bit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I still I think it still holds up. Kelsey thinks it holds up. Um, would you recommend this to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Recommend this to your mom? No, I'll be <laughs> completely lost <laughs> on just. I think my dad might be interested in it, but I think your dad would dig it. But like, totally lost on everyone in my family. I'm still kind of low key mad at my brother for not liking Black Panther because. You know. There's too many black people in it for him? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. It's not that it's too many black people. It's mm-hmm. just like, he's, 
he doesn't understand all the hype. It's not a good movie, and, you know, there's so much hype around it because, you know, it's just because black people like the movie or whatever. I don't know. He just didn't see the value in it. Mm. I got caught up in the hype, too. I'm not black. Yeah, and it's a good movie. It's not like a phenomenally great movie. It's a good movie. I enjoyed the fuck out of Black Panther. I, I felt the soul in it. Mm. That's why I loved it. Um. So is that it? Yes. All right. So that's it for our show for this week. We want to thank y'all for joining us, even if you hate listening to us. Thanks for the downloads. Um, you can find this episode and all past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, Podbean, Apple, uh, Amazon, Pandora. We're, we're all over the place. Um, next week, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a slow pace. Going to kind of chill, enjoy the open road. Uh, our recent review will be uh, Nomadland. Uh, that's streaming on Hulu on February 19th. Uh, I believe it stars Francis McDormand. Um, been hearing a lot of hype about that film. A lot of like great things about it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, with that, we're going to do our geriatric cinematic, which will be The Motorcycle Diaries uh, from 2004. Um, God, I haven't watched that movie in like well over 10 years. But uh, I like it because it, it follows uh, Che Guevara. So. Are you surprised to know that I've never seen it? what (laughs) (laughs) um so that film uh is streaming on peacock if you have gotten the streaming service uh is also available to rent on amazon google play and youtube uh the topic for that episode will be a little bit of traveling and a little bit of self-discovery oh so we're gonna announce something are we? Oh, yeah. What are we announcing? For the next four oh. episodes of the Real Appeal Podcast. <clears throat> we'll be filled with what the fuck did we just watch? DC edition. We are going. I, Kelsey has never seen these DC films. She, You've seen Aquaman, right? No. Okay. And you see Wonder I saw the review that. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Micah and Jay did? And I was like, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. (laughs) Um, Kelsey has seen, she's seen like Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Birds of Prey, and Shazam. But she has never seen Men of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Donald Justice, just a a Suicide Squad. Yeah, I never saw that. And uh, the Josh Whedon version of Justice League. Um, the reason why we're doing this is because we will eventually be reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League, which comes out like March 18th, I believe. Mm. Um, so we decided to say, fuck it. Let's just make it like a what the fuck did we just watch segment for like four episodes. There will be drinking involved. <laughs> I, Kelsey and I, well, I don't want to say Kelsey and I, I will say... I ranted about some of these movies for like a good, what, like 30 to 40 minutes at mm. you? And you were just like, what? <laughs> like, just <laughs> holy shit. Like, I, I, tur- I turned into you the- You told m- me today about the Marthas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, holy shit. That's how much, that's how much Kelsey has been just out of, just out of that whole, zi- that whole DC zeitgeist. Like, wait, Marthas, what? 
Like, I was in a coma, and then I woke up, and the DC universe existed. Yeah. What the fuck? So, um, next week, you can also expect our What the Fuck Did We Just Watch section, where we cover The Man of Steel. Which, in my opinion, is like the only good DCEU film. Which is funny, because I think it has the worst name. Man of Steel? Yeah. That's that's a, that's a that's a commonly known name for Superman. Yeah, I know, but it just makes me think of Buns of Steel. And then I can't take it seriously. <laughs> I know we're like we like get we get we were watching Man of Steel and it's like people having sex were like I think we got the wrong I know, movie. People doing Pilates. It's I, a workout video from the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, like I guess that's Henry Cavill. <laughs> um so yeah, you're gonna. Why wanna, is he wearing a leotard? I know. So you're definitely gonna. Well, he kind of does anyway. Well, he wears tights. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're definitely gonna want to join us for that episode. Um, so yeah. Um, so as usual, uh, wear a mask. Well, actually, now you gotta wear two masks. Double up those masks because now we got a variant out there of the coronavirus. We've got like five variants. Yeah. Wash your damn hands, please. Um. For all the haters out there, thanks for listening. Listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're going to bid you guys adieu. Um, But I'm going to leave y'all with a very delightful little story. Um, It was myself, a friend of mine, another friend of mine. That friend is called Jake from State Farm. (laughs) You know, Jake. Uh, he had been cheating behind he had been cheating on his girlfriend behind her back you know and everything like that he was you know whoring around and stuff like that and he got caught uh, his girl had like seen him out somewhere with another girl and didn't confront him at that time but decided to confront him at another time right and this is when um, like we went to her I think we went to her house no I'm sorry she 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 came over to my friend's house and like in front of him then we're like listening to it and we're just like holy shit because all oh, this drama you know we have popcorn we're watching this shit right <laughs> such great friends I know. <laughs> are you gonna tell me you're not gonna watch drama like that no it makes me uncomfortable liar uh, <laughs> <laughs> so while we're watching this like the entire time he's just like spider-man 2 i know <laughs> during the entire time why the girl's like accusing him and saying all this shit he turned to shaggy like wasn't me no that wasn't me i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. just con- that's all that's all his his response was wasn't me it wasn't me and then we, we, we realized it was like she started questioning herself <laughs> like well, it was kind of a distance, you know, it, it was in the dark. It was at this time. Maybe I was tired or, you know, like that. Right. And then eventually he turned around and he was like, it's okay, baby. I forgive you. It's okay. It's an honest mistake. You know what? I ain't mad about that. And they made up. And I looked at my friend, I looked at my buddy Leo and I was like, I had just watched uh, Malcolm X because mm-hmm. I looked at him and I said, that's too much power for one man to have.